Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. There's nothing like being totally engrossed in a good mystery or thriller. Audible has thousands of immersive audiobook titles to spark your imagination and get your heart thumping. Since it's summer, you might want to check out The Vacation Rental. Very well told and very unsettling. You won't want to turn it off. And since this is a parenting podcast, I should also mention that audiobooks are a wonderfully enriching experience for children because they aren't passive entertainment like other kids' media. They engage your child's imagination and can nurture both listening and language skills. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. That's audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 today. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected. After investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, when you switch to T-Mobile, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus Verizon and AT&T. Visit your neighborhood store or tmobile.com to switch. Plan savings with T-Mobile, third line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. In this episode, I'll be responding to a mother who wrote to me recently about her toddler's tendency to be a bit too physically demonstrative with her affection for her friends, which is causing them to reject her. And this mom is wondering how to explain the limits of physical love to her child. Now, before I begin, quick reminder... Both of my books, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and also Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting, are available on audio at audible.com and in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. So here's this mother's note. My 22-month-old tot loves to love kids particularly to her age, who are her favorites. In the process of loving, she touches their faces, hugs them, and at times she does it so much that the receiver runs away from her and starts crying. How do I explain to her the limit of physical love, which is hurting the other kids? So first of all, obviously these gestures are coming from a lovely place, coming from a curious place of wanting to explore another child and connect all positive impulses that we want to encourage. But at the same time, children need to learn that others have personal boundaries and how to respect those boundaries. And the way they learn this is through our gentle direction, but mostly through us really being there to follow through and help physically guide them when their impulses uh, take over and they're doing things that are not welcome by the other child. So in a sense, I would actually approach this similarly to a child who had a hitting problem or a pushing problem with other kids. 
even though this is obviously a lot more, quote, socially acceptable behavior um, to be, you know, affectionate and to hug and to want to do nice things, it's still uh, not helping the child socially in terms of understanding people's boundaries and respecting them. So what I would do is be what I call a buddy guard for this child. And I would know that, you know, my child has this tendency in social situations to go a little too far with other children in a way that makes them uncomfortable. And so I'd be there hanging by her in a very, what my son calls a chillaxed way, not tense, anxious, uh-oh, something bad's going to happen. Really relaxed and chill, knowing that, you know, we're adults and we can do minimal things to help her not break these boundaries with other kids. It's not a big deal. And we really need to approach it that way in an unruffled way so that this doesn't become more intense, that we don't add our own intensity and fear and whatever to the situation. So I would just be there. If she reaches out, looks like she wants to to hug, I would gently stop her, but physically stop her with my hand there and say, okay, it looks like you're wanting to say hi and maybe hug this girl, your friend. And then you're looking at the other girl. How do you feel about this? Is this okay with you? It's not like we need the other child to nod. I mean, that would make it very clear. We can look in their eyes and we could see their body language and notice what they're saying with that. If they look wary or uncomfortable, then we would say, doesn't look like you're sure about that. And then keeping our hand there so that it doesn't happen. We might also then say to our child, looks like you're asking her. So we want to see what she says. And then we look at that child and, huh, seems like she's saying no. So very minimally doing the smallest thing possible in the most chillaxed way um, to help our child navigate these situations, help both children, help the other child know that she is safe with our child. And, you know, maybe there are parents listening that have that other child that these kind of things maybe happen to or have been in that position. I would do the same. I would say, hmm, looks like so-and-so is wanting to hug. Hmm, seems like you're saying no. And then you can also even offer words to children, particularly if you've seen them be in this position often and you want to just help give them some tools. Very lightly say, you can tell her no. You can put your hand up. In the meantime, I'm going to be there to stop things for you. I'm not going to just tell my child and expect her to be able to do it when, you know, children are at this age, very impulsive, and they need the repetition of being shown the right way to do things. Because it's not, it's not helping either child to let this go on. It's not helping our child to think that, you know, people are going to run from her and that she is going to miss these social signals that are so important for her to start looking at. At the same time, the reason we act so relaxed in these situations and comfortable is that we want our children to feel confident in these situations and basically trust themselves. So I'm not going to overdo it and say, well, you can't, hey, you can't do that. What are you doing? She doesn't like that. What, you know, I'm not going to be judgy. I'm not going to be over responding in a way that 
makes this child feel like what she's doing is wrong or that she should know better and that I've already told her, so why are you still doing it? I'm just there to keep her within the bounds of comfort for her friend so that she starts to learn to read those signals. Now, there's some other things that we can do to help prevent this kind of behavior. Um, One of the reasons children do this is they get a big, oh, oh, that's so nice, you know, a big response, a positive response, or maybe, maybe we've said things like, oh, why don't you go hug your friend? And that's so nice when you do that and kind of um, encourage this behavior to that extent. Doing that also kind of can start to take some of the authenticity out of it, which we don't want. I mean, we want our child to feel authentically affectionate and, you know, act on that and not be doing it for, I mean, you'll see children that are, that are over encouraged to behave this way. Sometimes they'll even hug and then they're looking at the parents. See, look how nice I'm being, you know, and actually in that hug, there's often aggression. You know, sometimes it's not as simple as I'm just feeling warm towards you right now. Sometimes it's kind of testing or, you know, being aggressive. So this is something to really observe in our children, being attuned to both children in that situation, also not overreacting in any way, positive or negative, because that will tend to make it into a test of what do these people do when I do this? They react strongly rather than I'm feeling very affectionate towards you right now. which is the reason to hug. Really the only reason we want our children to hug. Another thing we can do to prevent this becoming an issue is to be very careful about what we are modeling with our child. If we are showing our child that we don't have boundaries, you know, let's say around, I don't know, letting our child climb all over us and feeling like, oh, well, you know, they need to do that or maybe it doesn't really bother me touching us in uncomfortable ways, not feeling comfortable ourselves in defining those boundaries. Even if our child says, no, you know, I want to do this. I want to climb all over you and and maybe even has a meltdown about that. But we're saying, no, this is uncomfortable for me, you know, and feeling good about sticking up for ourselves. Very, very important modeling for children to respect people's personal boundaries. We have to ask them to respect ours in that way. And and not just ask, but set that limit physically by not letting them, you know, grab our hands and try to drag us across the room when we want to stay where we are. Not letting them take hold of us like that. So there's that. And then on the other end is a big one. We've got to be really careful not to break our children's boundaries. And this is part of respecting them from birth onwards, letting them know when we're going to pick them up, not just scooping them up and I feel like hugging you right now and grabbing them, making sure that this is welcome. That doesn't mean that we always ask our child before we hug them. I mean, I would do that with another child for sure that wasn't my own, but I wouldn't always ask my child, but I would be attuned to whether my hug was welcome. Also, you know, tickling, throwing kids up in the air, you know, overpowering them in these kinds of ways, roughhousing even. Um, I know there's whole whole books written about 
how important it is to to roughhouse with children. I don't agree with that. I think it's wonderful to roughhouse if we're doing it in partnership with our child, where we are equal partners in this, and it's not us doing all these things to our child and you know having them squeal, having them laugh, but teaching them really that you know they don't have boundaries that would be respected. I have seen children, you know, come out of family time that they've had together over the holidays and they come back into my class and they're suddenly, you know, grabbing kids and hugging kids, kids that these are toddlers that have never done that previously, but they got a different message, you know, over the weekend and they're kind of acting out the those feelings of powerlessness that they had, you know, acting them out with other children. I mean, this is the benefit that I have and that that Magda Gerber had and that other people that teach the approach I teach have. We see the week-to-week behavior of children and we see the way parents are handling it and we're able to observe the effects of all these different things. It's a very valuable way of learning about toddler behavior and about parenting toddlers and what makes a difference. We can theorize, but to be able to see this week to week is very helpful. So if there's roughhousing, you know, make sure that your child is welcoming it and then try to let them do as much as you're doing, you know, so it's a back and forth. Now, touching faces, um, just looking at this mother's note to make sure I've covered this. Yeah, so it's not about explaining it to her so much as demonstrating it to her in the moment. That's how children are going to learn about this. It's not something that's taught to them reasonably. Um, They really need us to be looking out for them and helping them with this impulse and demonstrating to them in the moment, which is how they learn. They're they're not studying something and then (laughs) writing a report about it and digesting it that way. They need the lesson in the moment. And the lesson is, you know, I'm going to look out for you and just keep you within the bounds of of comfort for people and keep everybody safe. So touching faces, that's another thing that's fine if the other child is okay with it. But I would have your hand there ready in case a touch is getting turning into a scratch or getting too rough or the other child is starting to look not comfortable. As soon as that happens... I'm going to move your hand a little bit. Looks like she's saying no. Right away, be in there doing it calmly. Now, oftentimes what's going to happen is a child is going to run up and do something and you're going to miss it and it's going to be too late by the time you get there. I recommend not running over there, which is like a panicky response that I would only do in emergencies, true emergencies. So walk over there see what happened. If the hug is still happening, I would, you know, gently at that point say, hmm, looks like she's not wanting this. So I'm going to help you move your arms and then, you know, just gently take her arms off of the other child. And then saying to the other child again, you can tell her no, if you don't like that. If you're not okay with that, I want you to tell her. And then, you know, encouraging your child to open her arms and see if, if there's a hug that's wanted. If it got to the point where the other child cried or ran away or something, then, you know, you can trust that your child is experiencing this and seeing it. And I would kind of come into this a bit 
almost apologetically, like to my child and to the other child, just saying, oh, sorry, I wasn't there to help. Looks like she didn't like that. That made her uncomfortable. But not pointing it out and, you know, making a big deal out of this, turning it into a shameful lesson. How could you do this? And look what your friend and don't you see what happened? Trusting that your child saw it. She saw what happened. She saw the result of her, her action. And, you know, we weren't there soon enough to help her navigate that. That's going to happen sometimes that we're not there. I still wouldn't make a big deal out of it or try to turn it into some kind of, you know, verbal lesson about this is what you do. And don't you see what happened? I would really trust that the lesson um, happened and that our response helped. Our response saying, you know, sorry, I wasn't there to stop you when you were doing something that seemed to make her uncomfortable. So I hope some of this helps. And um, again, these are lovely, wonderful impulses that children have. They just need a little help when they cross the line. And, you know, we want to be that person to, to do that. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.